Hello, thank you for joining me tonight as we talk about times of restoration spoken about in the book of Acts. Let's begin with prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we have a great hope within us to see you return, Lord. But we also have a great hope to see all things restored, just like the Garden of Eden, when all things were perfect and all things were good and there was no more, there was no death or sorrow, and there shall be no more death or sorrow in that time. So, Lord, tonight I ask that you empower me, that I would speak by your spirit, that I would speak the words that you give me and not my own. Lord God, help me to preach your gospel and to share your love with each person that is watching tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So we all know we live in a lost and broken world. The current state of the world is a far cry from what it was created to be. It was created to be perfect, just as God is perfect. He created man to live in a perfect paradise for all of their existence, and there was to be no death or sickness, disease or cancer, any of those things. But man fell to sin, and sin entered our world. So we're going to talk about restoration, the restoration of this fallen earth, this fallen state that we live in, hallelujah, and that great hope that we should have as we long for that wholeness, that perfection once again. So our world was created to be perfect and whole. There was no provision for pain or sorrow, and death did not exist. So the brokenness of our world exists because of sin. For this reason, I tell people that death is not natural at all. So don't let someone tell you, you know, death is only a part of life. No, death has never meant to be something that's natural to man. Man was created to be perfect and to never sin and to never die. But when we sin, death entered the world. We weren't meant to become ill or diagnosed with cancer. We weren't meant for grief. We weren't meant for brokenheartedness. Hallelujah. We were made in his likeness for his glory to glorify his name, to glorify God himself, to glorify Jesus. By glorifying God, we fulfill our purpose and we patiently wait for Jesus's return. And that is our blessed hope. So we also have a great hope in the fact that one day all will be restored to its original state. All will be perfected. Now, please turn with me to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 18 to 21, and we'll read about these times of restoration. And it says, But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. <clears throat> Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken of by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Wow, that's a powerful revelation about these times of restoration that are coming. And believe me, they're going to be upon us before we can even blink. They're just going to come so quickly. Life is so short, and then we cross over into eternity, and that's what I'm trying to prepare each one for, each person out there. I'm even preparing my own heart and trying to keep it clean before God, and I am keeping it clean before God as I repent and pray and get right with God each and every day. Repentance isn't one and you're done, but it's a daily cleansing. So here Peter sees a divine opportunity 
to preach the gospel as the people are amazed by what he what had just taken place. So Peter begins to speak after a miracle had happened here in Acts chapter 3. A lame man was healed and the people of Israel could see that this healing came to pass by the power of God moving. So Peter begins to speak about what was prophesied from ancient times that the Messiah would suffer. Peter also calls the people to repentance, making it clear to them that they have rejected the Holy One. He gives them an opportunity to be cleansed of their sin and shame. He tells them about the times of refreshing that will come if they would only repent and believe in Jesus, if they would only accept him as Messiah and understand who he truly is. So Peter also speaks of the ascension and that Jesus will remain in heaven until these times of restoration. And again, these times were prophesied about from old. They were prophesied about from ancient times. Hallelujah. We just look for that. We look for these times. We long for these times. I pray that your heart burns for these times of restoration in such a broken world in which we are living, where we pe see people suffer every day, where we see children suffer every day, where we see people uh, diseased and, and they're dying. You know, people die by the thousands, by sometimes by the hundreds of thousands per day. And we're looking to a time where there will be no more death. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we get into the book of, of Revelation uh, in just a couple of minutes here. So after reading the text, we should come to the conclusion that there are two great hopes that our hearts should be burning to see. One is the return of Christ, and the second is these times of restoration as we long for them. So let's now turn to Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. <clears throat> and this scripture describes the return of Christ by saying this, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of earth will wail. On account of him, even so, amen. These tribes, all the tribes of Israel, all the tribes of earth will cry out. They'll wail as they see Jesus in the clouds, as they see him in the sky. I believe many will repent in that moment as they see Jesus. Some say it will be too late at that time. At that point in time, it will be too late. I don't believe that. I believe Jesus will give those who are still on earth, an opportunity to follow him. Will, where, will there be a, a time of testing? I believe so. But as they see him in the sky, people will wail. Some will say, we missed it. We missed it. But now we know it's real and they'll begin to believe. Others still will not believe. They'll refuse to believe. And they'll be rejected by Christ, unfortunately. There's heaven and there's hell awaiting us on the other side of eternity. As we enter into eternity, I don't like using the word death, but I talk about entering into eternity and we need to be sure of where we're going because any minute, any moment we could pass over and cross over into eternity. And I want to know that you're moving in with Jesus and you're not going to that outer darkness that Jesus has spoken of. And believe it or not, Jesus spoke about hell in the Bible far more than he spoke about heaven. And I want to see you there. I want to see you in heaven with me. Hallelujah. Walking those streets of gold, walking with Jesus. So just as sure as Jesus walked this earth and gave his life as a ransom for many, he will also return to restore all things and create a new earth. 
We as his followers find great comfort in this. And at the same time, we can feel burdened because of those who don't know the Lord. And I pray that you have that burden. I pray that you have a burden for the lost, that you would pray for them, that you would just say a simple prayer. You can start with a simple prayer and just say, Lord, draw those who don't know you unto yourself. Jesus, may they know you. May they know you as I know you. May they know your love. May they know that you displayed your great love on the cross as you died for them. May they know that you're the risen Lord, that you rose from the grave, that you're no longer in the tomb, but that you're still transforming lives and resurrecting hearts. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. So again, the other great hope that we have is in the times of restoration. We look forward to a time when all the brokenness of this world will be made whole, where sickness will no longer exist, where the lion will lay with the lamb, and where we'll have all of eternity to know Jesus in ways that we could never imagine here on earth. So I look, I look around at the current state of our world and at the current state of Christianity, and I see so many who feel hopeless. It breaks my heart to see the hopelessness that's out there. I believe one of the reasons for this hopelessness is that people, the people of God have lost sight of what's to come. They have lost sight of these times of restoration that are to come. They have lost sight of the fact that Jesus is going to return and all things are going to be made new in this earth. This life passes us by so quickly, and sooner than you know, you'll enter eternity. You'll see Jesus face to face. You have the option to live in a world without pain, sorrow, sickness, or death, if you would only repent and believe in Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. I believe you're receiving a little taste of heaven tonight. I believe you're sensing the presence of God. I believe, hallelujah, that God is doing something. He's stirring the atmosphere. He's stirring his presence even in your midst right now. I believe that. I believe that as you long for heaven, as you long for that perfection, that, that holiness, that wholeness, you're beginning to sense him. I praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for releasing your anointing, for releasing your presence, for allowing these people to hear your voice and know your touch. Thank you, Lord. So it's so easy to get caught up in the details. What I mean, mean is it's so easy to make the things that seem important now a greater priority in your life than your relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with the Lord needs to come first. And, you know, for me, that means talking to Jesus on my way to work. That means talking to Jesus throughout the day. Sometimes I just speak in tongues as I'm, as I'm going along, as I'm moving along, along in my day. And sometimes I do it low and sometimes I do it loud. Sometimes I'm bold with it. And sometimes I know I need to be quiet in the atmosphere and setting in which I, I find myself. Develop that relationship and you'll find greater power uh, in your life, you'll see the power of God flowing, and you'll see that greater level of intimacy developing, and you'll know the heart of God. You'll know the will of God more easily for your life. So have you ever felt like you can figure things out on your own? You have this. I got this. You know, I don't need God. I only need him to come in when I lose my strength, when I lose my wisdom. No, that's not how we should be living. We're desperate for Jesus. We're desperate for Jesus each and every moment, each and every second of our day. We need him. 
So the fact that you have strength or wisdom at all is because God gave it to you. And let's not forget that. Whether you realize it or not, you're desperate for him. And the more you depend on him and rest in him, the more you realize you're lost without him. Do not dismay, for he is your God. Your troubles only last so long. But if you rest in Jesus and learn to trust him, I promise you one day you will see him face to face. Now, please turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for the words are true. These words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We'll be called his children. Can you imagine that day when the new Jerusalem descends upon the earth, when Jesus comes to live with us forever, when he comes to live with his people? Imagine being in the same neighborhood with Jesus, living with him, knowing him in a personal way, just like you know your friend down the street. It's amazing. It's so amazing to think of these things. So I remember the first time I read verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And I remember shedding a tear and thinking about a world without murder, without hatred, without suicide, without cancer, without depression, without all of these things that cause so much trouble, so much tribulation, so much pain in our world. I remember thinking about that and being comforted, being comforted that one day that is exactly what this world will be. That's exactly what it will be like. And I hope that hearing these words tonight, I hope by hearing the word of God and what I have to share with you strengthens that hope, that that hope grows in you, within your spirit to encourage you, and to inspire you. May we live our lives with our eyes fixed on what is to come. <clears throat> when all things are made new, when we who overcome are called his children, as God's children will receive our inheritance, eternal life in paradise with our creator, our Lord, our God, the Lord God Almighty. So let's pray. Let's pray that reading God's word tonight, that speaking about these times of restoration will inspire us to live our lives differently, that, we'll in, that it will inspire us to live our lives completely, 100% for the Lord, for our Lord Jesus. And I'm also going to pray for those who don't believe that if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior tonight, you can say a prayer with me and you can give your heart to the Lord tonight. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. First of all, Lord, I want to pray for each person, God, who is living in depression, who's living in stress and anxiety and fear, and I break the powers of the enemy off of you. I speak to each one out there, each person out there watching that's struggling with these things. I speak to you, devils. I command you to flee in Jesus' name. By the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the name of Jesus, I command every demonic force and every principality and power of darkness to break off and flee in Jesus' name. Kita rambaba shendo rambasi. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Sita rambaba shendo rabaka. Yaba sando rabashi. Oh, Lord, release healing and restoration, your divine virtue. Wherever we go, you go. That the Holy Spirit lives within us. That means wherever you go as a believer, he goes. So, Lord, release that word. Seal it in, in the hearts of those who are listening tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us to be inspired by your word tonight. By speaking about the new heaven and the new earth. By thinking about a place with no pain, sorrow, sickness, or death. Without the devil being present, Lord, inspire us and help us to live our lives fully committed to you as we grow in this faith and hope that we have in your return and in these times of restoration. Lord, I also pray that you would draw those who don't know you unto yourself tonight. And say this prayer with me if you want to receive Jesus tonight as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've begun to believe in him, I just encourage you to put your faith in him and, and believe me, you're going to have a different perspective. You're going to see things in your life change. I'm not saying all your troubles are going to go away, but watch as things begin to happen, as God begins to provide and protect, as he begins to show you his plan and purpose. Say this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart. Don't just speak the words, but believe. Begin to put your faith in him as you say it. Heavenly Father, I thank you. For Jesus, who is your son, I thank you, Lord, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the grave and that you live forevermore. I commit my life and all that I am to you. I choose to follow you with all that I am and all that I have. And I ask that you give me the strength, the wisdom and all that I need to follow you for all of my days. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you said that prayer and you put your faith in Jesus tonight, you're now a son or a daughter of the Most High King. I thank you so much for joining me tonight, and I pray that this message inspires you to live a life with your eyes set on things above and not below. Keep your eyes to the skies and your hands to the plow. God bless you.